Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We're recording on a Sunday morning, getting ready to watch some NBA and watch some NFL today, but I'm, as always, joined by my co-host, PJ. What's going on, man? Hey, brother. Sounds like you're petting a dog in the background. Yeah, we have a sleepy dog on my lap. We've got coffee in one hand and a sleepy dog's head being pet in the other we're multitasking we're lovers hey that's, hey, that's all right you're mm-hmm. you've always been really good at multitasking so i'm not too worried about that but yeah we're uh we're excited to uh to bring another episode um we uh apologize i apologize again for the last episode and and having a little bit of technical difficulties with that but hopefully this one records better and uh should come out ready to go so uh but we want to start by talking about, and we talk about this guy a lot, but DeMarcus Cousins out in Sacramento. It seems like every week it's just flip-flopping from this guy's putting up huge numbers and things seem to be fitting pretty well with the Kings to what the hell is going to happen with them. And this week he came out and said that he wants to sign an extension for the Kings. Or I don't, I don't know if he actually came out, but it was reported that he was planning on signing a max extension with the Kings and... I just want to get your reaction to that to start uh, it off, I'm PJ. Pretty... Like, what, what do you th- what do you think of this? Do you think it's actually going to happen? Well, from a discussion point, and us being, you know, semi in the business of wanting to talk about Demarcus Cousins on a different team, that would be unfortunate because I want him. I want to see him on a different team than the Kings. I'm kind of, from a selfish personal reason, I don't want him to, but. Uh, when it comes to a personal financial reason for him, he definitely should do that. Um, the new CBA definitely makes that almost a, like a very tough decision to not because of uh, the new designations, the superstar designation. Essentially, they can um, where they can extend a, a player and basically can take up to. Um, what is it? I think it's up to like twenty five percent of the cap. It's, it's like up a to thirty percent. It's up to thirty five percent or thirty five percent of the of the cap if you played in the league for ten years, which I don't think he's not has. there. He's not there. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the D Rose rule. So if you if you've been on an all, if it's if you've won the MVP or if you've been. Uh, an all NBA team twice, then you can sign up to thirty percent, which I believe, or it's a, there's an all star part of it too. So I think he's made that, so you can sign up to thirty percent of the cap. He gets the D. I th- okay, yeah, I I forget what that how that one worked, but um, I should I should know that better. But I mean, no, it it makes sense for. If Boogie, yeah, I mean, if he's just going to point, But, I mean, you know, I, it's it's interesting, yeah, that he he wants to – I mean, money money does a lot. I mean, I'm sure if he's somewhat unhappy about his, his work situation, but, I mean, if you're happy with the amount of checks you're getting, like, and what those, those pay stubs look like, then I'm – I can't fault the dude to, to maximize his, his value right now. But yeah, I can't fault him either. But still, it just seems like he doesn't care about winning at all. Well, um, I mean, the how, argument. How I do could, you have faith in the organization at this point? 
Well, I guess the faith you can have is that they're pretty incompetent and that you're probably going to be drafting in the lottery for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but still. They, they've, they, have, they have been doing that, and it's gotten them nothing. Yeah, but maybe you look at it and say, well, if he commits to them like this, they'll stop drafting big men. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, like, it's – I mean, I've, if from his perspective, he's, he's – saying I maximize my value uh, I'll get the most of my potential earnings now look at winning you know championship later and maybe you know you never know maybe they're able to run into a nice player especially like this year with the how deep the expected draft pool is maybe they do somehow now in a very king's way there in a potential playoff you know they could Eventually, be in the playoffs this year and, and not pick in the lottery for the first time in a while. I but, think you're giving the Sacramento Kings a lot more credit than they deserve. Right, no, but I'm just uh, yeah, no, I I totally am. It's uh <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you know, because this is like these things. Just this organization hasn't done this since they were good in the in the 2000s. I mean, they just like in the early 2000s, they just haven't been a successful franchise they've missed in the draft over and over again they've made the wrong draft pick over and over again they just drafted a bunch of centers in this most recent draft like yeah but maybe they accidentally pick a good player destination no not a free agent destination maybe they accidentally accidentally pick someone good that boogie can play with like well you have to take the right position then and they're not even doing that but maybe well but here's another we don't know at this piece but maybe part of this thing is boogie's like yeah i'll commit to you i'm gonna do this but i want some sort of input on these picks and honestly if you're gonna be, if essentially if he could if he's eligible for that uh to get the 30 percent of the cap if the kings have any shot of being good like he has to be on board with the picks is you're essentially with that kind of a model you're very you are limiting yourself as far as other superstar players you can bring in anything and the cba in itself is making that going forward difficult and you already pointed out accurately sacramento isn't a free agent destination so the draft does become essential and i totally understand the hesitation of believing in an organization that has shown zero ability to do that outside of drafting boogie but um yeah, I think it's like I mean maybe he's gonna have more input there. Maybe they're doing some things differently organizationally for the draft, but um, they have. I feel like something had to have changed for him with to buy that relationship. Like that. Yeah, maybe I maybe if he's uh, if he's has more not to the extent that LeBron has, but more of a LeBron role and can help make some decisions and give input on who fits. It's just. I mean, yeah. They're gonna, I don't have to, they're gonna they're gonna have to overpay for for guys to come, which you know they maybe they'll be able to get one other piece to come, but then they will eventually have to hit in the draft. That's where I have my doubts, and uh, I just don't think like Boogie is just gonna get more pissed off when he's on worse teams. Like next year, unless they get lucky and and get a, a piece somewhere, or they they actually move Rudy Gay and get something for him, they're gonna be worse and. Yeah, I think that's um, just gonna make him more irritable and volatile, and who knows what happens then. 
No, I totally, yeah, but I, I, I think if there was a piece in there, I mean, just organizationally, if you're, in my opinion, not to say the Kings are a well-worn organization, I don't want to give them, I'm, I'm already giving them more credit in this episode than they deserve, but, like, if I'm financially committing 30% of my cap to one guy, like, I want him involved in those decisions as far as guys he wants to play with the type of guys like i want him a part of that draft evaluation process it i don't necessarily want boogie in the lebron role of making decisions like that and actually saying like i want to play with this guy can we get this guy like lebron's influence is i think unique and it is i don't think boogie's elevated at that point but no if i'm drafting a guy i want i want my starting my star center to be on board with it in some way, whether it's happy. they get a point guard, a guard. Yeah, I want guys around that he wants to play with that are going to make. Because that's the only way they're. Yeah, they're going to be able to do well. But dra- continuously drafting centers is not the way to go. So I think it it really does. It is important to at least find out from Boogie the type of players he likes to play with. Um, I think the kings of of all the teams in the league, and you talk a lot about it right now, is. Like almost every team has a point guard. I would make the case the Kings have been the one that hasn't for some time now. And I think yeah, that that's, essentially that's where you need to go with your pick need, kind of. They need a ball. This year. They need a someone that can have the ball in their hands, whether a point guard, point forward type. Uh, they need someone to fill that role because I mean Darren Collison, Rajon Rondo have been kind of their plug in alright let's Ty try Lawson. to yeah, yeah Ty Lawson try to manufacture value out of that point guard position but they just need to find something for the long haul to pair with Boogie to build some kind of chemistry between those two because uh, this roster has changed so much since Boogie has been there and you're right they haven't had a point guard in the Western Conference in particular point guard is the strongest position and they are uh getting hurt there every single night like they're getting outdone at point guard by almost every western conference team so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that and if they try to attack something and go after someone in free agency or if they're you know this this that is something about this draft is there are a lot of really good point guards in this draft coming up right and that's that's where i think yeah if he's involved in that process that helps and i think the kings should walk away from trying to find a starting point i think yeah, for this team to have any real upside going forward, I I can't get behind them thinking they can pick up a guy in free agency because all the point guards that people want to keep are they're not going anywhere. Like right. you're you're gonna continuously you're gonna be swimming in the Rajon Rondo, Ty Lawson pool of of guys, and those it's not a pool you want to swim. No, they're, they're they're free agents for a reason. So yeah, I think. Hitting on that point guard in the draft this year, having Boogie be a part of that more, um, so I could see it. And I mean, it'd be cool. I, I'm always, I'm always a, a fan of guys uh, sticking with one team, like you know, owning that. And I, I do like the idea of superstars having more incentives to stay with their teams going forward. Um, but at the same time, this is just that classic, you know, bad relationship that. <laughs> just like it's the you know everyone they're just fighting all the time, but they're sticking together. 
you know, maybe Boogie just has a bunch of CDs and Vladi Divock's car. He needs to get out. <laughs> well, going to sign for five more years, and then he'll he'll move on. Real quick, before we move on from the Kings, though, is that this all that plan works if the Kings tank a little bit and they don't make the playoffs. Right now, they're they're in line to fight for the eight seed in the playoffs, which puts them in the middle of the first round where they're kind of on the fringe of getting a decent point guard out of this draft. This draft is really deep. There are a lot of good players in it, but included, especially at the point guard position, but those guys are all going to be taken by the end of the top 10. And if the Kings are outside of there, then they're going to see a dip in value, I think. And they may be forced to take a wing or something else, which isn't necessarily bad, but like we're saying, you need a point yeah. guard. Yeah. And yeah, that's the concerning part is that I think there'd be ways that if you're the Kings, you're navigating through the draft in a way. Um, but I also, well, I also think that, oh, what I'm just, this is bad to do in the middle of a podcast, but um, the Kings pick <laughs> is, right. well, no, but the Kings pick is like tight. The Bulls have, so I wonder if the Bulls get that pick this year now that the allotted. That's something as a bull, a Bulls fan we hear a lot. It's like because we still have one of the Kings picks from Luol Deng trade that we made oh, oh so many years ago. I'll I'll look that up as we talk, but um, yeah. So, but you know, I I think you're right, and it's that not being able to handle the draft well at this point has been a is the concern though is that yeah i don't know how they if i thought they could navigate through the draft maybe they get clever they can take some of their assets right now they could flip like willie collie sign or something and make some sort of actual savvy move but that's those words have never been used when it comes to the sacramento kings well let's move on to another big man that maybe having a complete completely different um, result uh, rather than staying with this team. It's looking like the Paul, Paul Millsap very well may be on the move from uh, the Hawks, especially yep. after the Kyle Korver deal. And he just seems to be a great fit with almost any situation. The big players or the big names that have come to mind uh, and are thrown out a lot of the Raptors and the Nuggets. Um, so I want to get your thoughts, PJ, on do you think Paul Millsap, one, do you think from his point of view, where would he want to go to finish out the year and then re-sign? And then what team should be throwing out some, you know, I think you're going to, whoever team is going to try to make a run at him, you're going to have to give something up for him because he is, uh, he's a really good player. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, so quick, the Bulls do have, the pick the Bulls have from the Kings, is it's top 10 protected this okay. year so there's that to note on so, so there's even sense more incentive for you to, to get in the top 10 yep trade route again um, <laughs> yep. trade him we need to we need to have that happen but to your point on paul Millsap, uh i mean for him i ideally you i guess there's there's two different routes you can take i think the nuggets is a very attractive place for the if I'm the the Hawks to be talking about yep. sending Paul Millsap, they have a lot of assets that I think would be 
a very nice place. You know, other the nice pieces uh, for what essentially looks like the Hawks are moving towards more of a rebuild. Um, you know, the problem you have is that you have Jokic and Nurkic, um, both nice prospects as far as centers go. Yep. And sending one of them um, to Atlanta doesn't make sense because you signed Dwight Howard. Um, so there's some, some nice wings, some different pieces there. Um, maybe the Kings, maybe the, not Kings, sorry, the Hawks like Kenneth Reed, and, you know, you flip that. And, and I know Kenneth Reed's kind of disappeared this year for the, the Nuggets a little bit. Well, um, which is, I think you're forgetting. They do have, they have a lot of assets when it comes to yeah, wings. I mean, they, they but, but those they definitely flip a few of those guys as well. But the, the guys that I think they're the, Nuggets are looking to flip a Gallinari, a Wilson Chan. Those are more talks that I think you would be like. I think in that way they're in the same market for um, like flipping those guys somewhere else. Or, I mean, I think if you're going after Paul Millsap, you need a one. Yeah, you would want to be in a situation where you could resign him. You have the cap space to do it, and it's. Because of his contract, yeah, I think any trade that goes down, I'm not making unless I know Paul Millsap's going to have interest in re-signing with us. Definitely, yes, that's a given. But if yeah, I'm Paul Millsap, though, if I, I mean, if I'm Paul Millsap for a second, I would, I think the Raptors would be the place I'd want to go. Yeah, um, I agree. That's make what a I playoff figured. run. Make a playoff run. You know, go this year, then you go to your free agency and do whatever you want in that way and. I mean, with the money floating around and stuff right now, it's. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy that would commit to a specific, give a team a commitment right away, unless he knows that the situation he's going to, they'd ha- they'd have the most cap space to to give him a max, or you know what I mean. It's that's where yeah. it's it's interesting. I don't know what the Paul Millsap market will be like for this off season, but. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be pretty good. I think that there would be there would be a lot of teams that would go after him. But if you're the Raptors, then would you be willing to give up Terrence Ross, Patrick Patterson, and a first round pick for a guy like Paul Millsap, Even, it, assuming that he would give you an indication that he would be willing to resign? Um, I mean that's a nice added piece for them, and I like. The, I mean that lineup is nicer. I still. You know, this would be the very pessimistic view on it, but does Paul Millsap being on the Raptors get them closer to beating the Cavs? I like, think it does. Did, it, is get, it gets them closer, maybe, but w- how much? Clo- like, are we now talking that this is a? It would be a six-seven game. I don't. I don't think Paul Millsap gets you over the hump of the Cavs or gives you enough. But I mean, maybe if you're looking at the Kings. Or I keep damn. I'm gonna keep saying the Kings. <laughs> Sorry. Right. If you're looking at the Raptors, it's like if they're you go all in. Yeah, you do it this year. But they also still have to sign Kyle Lowry this year. So I I don't know if cap wise it would be a situation that they could. I think they could get both because they. Could I, sign, I just don't. I'd have to. Sign, I'd love to look at. They could sign Millsap first, and then if Lowry. With the bird, second, yeah, that, that he Lowry's got bird years. 
he's been with them. He signed a four-year contract with them, I believe, a couple years ago. So they should have his bird rights. I believe if you sign him to a three-year deal, then no, he sign him. I on think the next he. I think he does. Him. I just. I. I'm assuming he has bird rights, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm 99 sure they have his bird rights. But anyway, I. I think to answer or kind of respond to what you were saying about whether or not this puts them over the hump of beating the Cavaliers, I don't think they beat the Cavs if they get Paul Millsap. But I think that if you – I don't think that they're going to be able to get another superstar to just come in free agency to Toronto. And if this move makes your team better in the short term, because let's be honest, the Toronto, just given their market, given the history of that franchise, they're not going to be ones to get this – level of talent year after year after year for the next, you know, 10, 20 years. This happens pretty infrequently for an organization like this. They need to take advantage of the fact they have a really talented point guard, a great shooting guard, and DeMar DeRozan. And you might as well pair him with a little bit more talent and hope something falls your way. Maybe some, maybe an injury happens on the Cavs roster in the Eastern Conference playoffs and you get lucky. They took this game to six last, or they took this series to six against the Cavs last year. And I know that a lot of it was like the Cavs weren't really taking them seriously for those two games they lost. And I get it because the next two games they blew them out to end the series. But who's not, who's to say that that doesn't happen again. It's tied two two. And then the Raptors just put two really good games together and a stretch of three games against the Cavs and pull an upset. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I think that signing Paul Millsap makes it a lot more likely to occur. So I'd do yeah. it. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. And no, you're, you're, you're right in the sense that if you could take, um, like, yeah, if you, you think this is your best shot, you take your shot and you, you see what you can do. And I mean, in some ways you have a low risk situation where if it didn't work out, in the half a season or whatever you have him, if it's not flowing, you have no commitment at this point to him. You can, you know, but if, if you think that's a, if you're in the Kings situation, if you're in the Raptors situation, there you go. <laughs> if you think this is going to be your best chance to get a guy, um, then yeah, if you, I, I think uh, it makes sense. Now I, it'd be interesting to see what else they could, they could flip for him. What other, um, you know, I'm looking at their roster now. Like, could Damari Carroll be involved in that in any way? Move that off? And I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, that's I mean, he his so, cap, he's his cap hits like fifteen like 14. million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's high. <laughs> I mean, he just hasn't been. I know For he got hurt, battled injuries last year, and he may still not be a hundred percent. But he's a tough guy to move. He still has two or three years left on his deal. Yeah, but you could in some ways then move him maybe to a bench role with that. Um, no, I mean, with Valanciunas too. I mean, no, I, I would like that that Raptors team with that kind of a situation. It's just it's interesting to think about um, is Paul Millsap the, their best going to be the next guy and there's this window they have. If, because when they sign Lowry, that's you're in that window um, – I mean, I would t- I would do it if they could. I mean, the, depending on what they give up, but to circle back to the beginning, to look at 
Terrence Ross, a Patrick Patterson flip. Um, I think it it's worth it. I don't I don't know if you project Terrence Ross to be much better than he is at this point. I don't think so. I That's like him. He's a, he's a nice piece though. He's a good role player for he fits in a lot of scenarios. He's not a not a great defender, but he's a good shooter. He's athletic. He does some nice things. Like I wouldn't not want him on my team, but and so kind of getting away. I think we both agree that it, it if the Raptors can make that happen without giving up too much, and they could resign him, it probably is a good fit. But kind of looking back at the Nuggets too, uh, I don't think it's a great idea for them. I don't really know exactly what it does. Uh, having a little bit more of a veteran presence on this team, that team, I think it is a good thing. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily their need at at, at power for they. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Fareed and Gallinari sounding like that eventually those two guys are either going to walk in free agency or they're going to get traded for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. But Jokic and and Nurkic, those those guys are worth keeping. And just to see in the next year or two what they develop into, because Jokic has just been on fire the last few weeks. He's playing... I mean, I don't even have a good comparison for him. Like he's just, he's yeah, uh, he's more of a center, uh, but he's and he's not not really that quick. But he's just got such a great I, basketball yeah. IQ and distributes the ball so well while still scoring efficiently. And he's a good rebounder. Like he's he's taking a step minutes. this year. Yeah, he's taking a step up this year. Ever since he's um, gotten more minutes on that team, he's looked really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think to say, like, what's the motivation for the Nuggets? Uh, in my opinion, with, like, what they have, they just have such a uh, glob of guys that are all about the same talent-wise. And those are all very uh, good. Like, they have NBA talent-level globs of guys. Like, they're in a good situation of that. But, like, yeah, I don't know at this point – sitting on all these assets not trying to move some of it you just kind of have to like loosen up because you have a lot of guys that need minutes on this team right now and I think by trading you know maybe you, you do take two or three pieces you get Paul Millsap and then there's less guys you have to worry about giving minutes to and you can give more minutes you know as you're saying with Jokic like that that is is a benefit to developing some of the pieces you think that are on your roster right now, you are going to be building blocks. I think you need to have, you know, a little bit more of that than just having a steady stream of like all guys that are kind of at the same talent level right now. You need certain guys to ascend. That is a very good point. I'm just not sure that trading for Paul Millsap and then giving him a max contract is the best way of doing that. That's all. I think that there's just a better, there's, yeah, I mean that's you know it's other pieces that way they can get draft picks. They can try to package Moutier and a big and a wing, and try to get a superstar somewhere. Like I and yeah. I, not to say like I just Millsap is in a weird place in that he's a really good defender. He puts up good numbers, but I don't think that he can be your number. He definitely can't be your number one option if you're trying no. to go deep into the playoffs. I don't know if he you want him to be your number two. If he's your number three, I think that's perfect. I think he'd be a number two. I, I think okay. if you had a, a 
a number two with you know some of the other guys they have. I no, I, if I were the Nuggets, it's like because you have Gallinari, you have Wilson. I mean, they've got they they're in a very interesting position though, just because they have a lot of different ways they could go with it too. But I I think they're it's kind of the sense I get with them is it. I think they're they're not looking to get younger. I think they're looking to try to take what they have. And you kind of look at them, and if you took them on 2K or something, all these guys are between like a 75 and a 78 kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, maybe an 80. You know what I mean? Like they're just all in that range, and you could make arguments for why one person's a better fit or whatever. So, I mean, from that perspective, they have a lot to work with, and they could – Really, depending on who that superstar is, they you think they could trade for, um, determining what of the pieces you have right now could work with that guy. Um, but I think if you're the the Nuggets, you you do need to make a trade. At I think if the Nuggets were to go into the start of next season without making a significant trade of some kind. You, that's when you're gonna really like you had mentioned. You're gonna start really moving pieces for less than their value. I, I don't know. If, yeah, if you get dollar for dollar on anyone right now, just because you're a team that clearly needs to move something. But um, I, I would like to just see them start to take a direction rather than just the accumulating of players that they've kind of been in the last three years. I think the thing is, I think that in a way that is that time's already passed a little bit. I think it you depends think so? by guy, but I think Fareed, I don't think that you can go get what for like Fareed is an is an incredible hustle player. He's a great rebounder, and he gets really easy buckets by just working his ass off. And mm-hmm. they're just that is not what teams are looking for now. They're looking for spacing. Yeah looking for players that can shoot and big guys that can shoot and that's not what Farid is so what can you flip him into that's that's a good move that's going to help the Nuggets and not going to make them signing Farid a while back to, I, I forget what his deal was but I think either way that's going to look bad in hindsight uh, Gallinari I like Gallinari, but he's had so many ish, uh, injury issues over his career. I think that that scares a lot of teams, so I don't know what they can get from him. And then you get players that I like. Like, I, I, I like Gary Harris. I like mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, and they're definitely not going to be tra- trading him. Um, I like Will Barton, but those, are, those guys have similar skill sets, and I think yeah. that there are a lot of guys like that in the league, so I'm not sure – what they're going to try to flip those guys for. So I would, I'd rather see them package a few of these pieces together and get a bona fide superstar. Cause I think that's the only way that they're going to get to the next level. And I think that they're like, given their young talent, they could be like in the conversation of like, Oh, the, the Milwaukee bucks and the Timberwolves and teams like that get a lot of love and they do, but they got lucky with a Giannis and a Carl Anthony towns and the Nuggets don't really have someone like that. I think they need someone of that quality, like uh, maybe not as young, but someone that's has 10 years left in their career but is able to carry a team. And I don't think Paul Millsap is yeah, that guy. That's, I mean, he's like that's where we were talking about um, Boogie a couple weeks ago, where we were saying with him being a possibility. But, I mean, 
there's yeah there's 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 guys on their team though that um i think you you could move and yeah Farid right now so he's got three years on his deal this year and two more years is at 13 million that's a movable you know could be a movable salary i think we were talking like wilson chandler is an attractive trade piece still yep yeah for a certain team just he's got three years of control in his front for a contender and cheap so i on the team i I do think yeah i think with the nuggets more than anything when i look at it and when i've looked at some you know possible trade possibilities with them a lot of it comes down to where like i think they'd be a team that would need a third piece to a third team involved in any trade they do but if you take with Nurkic and, and Jokic and some of those other guys, there there's things to be had and, and ways to to build around. But um, I, I certainly would like to see them take take a take a direction in, in some ways. And do you think they have enough pieces on their team right now with the guys that they could make two moves? They could they could flip enough. And, and still have something left over. If you got two, if you I got Mil- did a Millsap trade, and d- is there enough to possibly get that that superstar piece you're talking about? Yeah, they do. It would just be a little tricky because they have they trade draft picks as well as a big. Uh, I mean, yes, they do. And to answer your question, um, their their team just drastically changes. Right now, they're just. They can roll their second unit out there, and they're not losing a ton of value compared to their their first, like to their starting lineup. Mm-hmm. They're just they can run out there five like mass substitution five guys, and I think it's going to be about the same quality as their starting lineup. Um, but they they have so many young talented guys, like you said earlier. They're kind of looking for veterans. They're not looking for young guys anymore because they have so many. Uh, they could pull off too. It's just in today, you just don't see those trades happen very often. Like let one team making a trade, let alone two. And mm-hmm. I don't see two of them happening just because chemistry becomes an issue. Like the guy that you're bringing in, if he is a superstar, if you're bringing in two guys that are kind of of that tier of players, you have to make sure they mesh well and complement each other well. Because if the Nuggets are making that deal, that's going to be their team of the next six years i'd love to see it happen though as an nba fan it would be awesome yeah i wish that kind right. of stuff happened more often and speaking of yeah. stuff that i wish happened more often let, let's move on to the cba did you have mm-hmm. one more point nope that that was basically it for i think it's a conversation to continue to be had okay as we get close to the trade deadline with the All nuggets right. we'll keep we'll keep keeping our fingers crossed that the nuggets make a move here but i want to talk about the cba we you know this they announced the new cba well over a month or two ago and Mm -hmm. uh and we talked a little bit about it in a pod um the big thing that i want that we want to talk about i want to get your ideas on pj is that that you touched on earlier this designated player exceptions and i think that is the biggest lasting impact of this cba the cba lasts the next six years uh, and then the seventh, there's a seventh year on the deal, but it's a they can opt out, which they typically do. And this designated player exception changes from the ability of previously you could offer one player 
a on their rookie contract a five year max deal, and the max varied between twenty five and thirty percent. Right. Five year extension would before their final season of their rookie deal, it would essentially turn it in from a one year left on the rookie deal to a six year deal. And the five following year, the five later years are all at max money. Now that you can do that for four different players on your team, and they, there's, mm-hmm. you know, this was built to have teams be able to retain their star players. And you touched on this earlier, is that you you really liked it when, like, small markets were able to hold on to guys like the Kings mm-hmm. are looking like they're going to be able to do with Boogie. But I don't know if I agree with that because I love it every free agency season when I get to see right. and speculate on what players are going to go where, and it seems like this may be killing that. No, and, and so I and I think the player movement this ties ties into what we we're discussing even with the Nuggets is that I don't think you're going to be seeing it, and it's something that owners tried to push for the last CBA with the you know what happened. With Miami, they were trying to kill some of the the super team possibilities, and and what you essentially have with this is is a very close to nail in the coffin on that. You would have to have a very volatile situation. The bookie example being one of a player wanting to walk away from that money because the money is too good now. And it from a fan perspective, it you're you're absolutely right when you it comes to looking at player movement in the offseason you're going to have a little bit less of that but that was the intended idea behind this is that teams do get to keep their superstars and um, building the and and for a local team like as a team uh if you have a superstar it'd be it'd be nice to know if your team drafted them there there's a lot of incentives and reasons for that player to stick around with you uh, and to be committed to your franchise uh what i think it does more than anything though is it encourages and it promotes good drafting. And if you're able to draft well on a, a team and you're a team that strings together multiple successful drafts and you are able to accumulate players with multiple years of control on those rookie deals, you know, the, rookie deal, the rookie contracts are going to be adjusted in the CBA as well. Uh, but to have those rookie assets you could uh, essentially i think a superstar in the future moving from team to team would be via trade and for those trades to happen it would be needing to have a lot of young attractive assets to flip for that superstar so i I think as you go forward i think there will still be that superstar player movement because i think more than ever this this current era we are in basketball with nbas you have a small, maybe ten-team tier of of guy of, of teams right now that are truly you can make arguments if certain things are to happen can contend, and the rest of them are in this weird space of either basketball hell or are already in a tanking process and where what path you decide to take there. But at the end, I think it promotes teams that can draft well, can acquire picks that they could then flip for a superstar or they could flip for a player to go along with their superstar uh, is, is kind of the direction I think you're, you're going to see the league take with this this new ability to just make the money too good for players to walk away from. So I agree 
with what you said about this promotes or this yeah there's a lot in there the i'm sorry to, but no, no no you're fine but the uh i agree with what you were saying about how this uh new change in the cba makes the ability to draft well consistently even more important the problem with that i have is that oftentimes the ability to draft well is dependent on where you're in the draft lottery and the lottery's flawed in my opinion i think the the lottery is just it shouldn't be structured the way it is it's it encourages tanking it's not a good it it produces a bad product on the court that nba fans pay a lot of money for so i'd rather see something where they fix the lottery if you're going to encourage if you're going to put greater emphasis on the ability to draft well well let's make the draft fair and i don't mean like all right let's just get rid of the lottery entirely i think the lottery is important to make sure that teams that are having a down year have a better chance of rebounding by getting a superstar player in the draft but i don't want a sixer situation of just tanking their asses off for like five years because it's awful it's just a it's terrible and finally, they're starting to dig their way out of this, but only after they were able to get Joel Embiid. And if Simmons is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be, then they're going to be good again. But it took five years of shit basketball before that could happen. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's that was not addressed in the CBA. I don't think the I don't think the lottery really has anything to do with the CBA necessarily. But I just wish that would change. If you're going to no, make a rule like this, some. yeah, it does. No, okay. it, it, they just uh, didn't address that point. Um, I just don't know what the alternative, uh, really, uh, the true alternative is to that piece. I think, um, I think it's a different dra- Like, I would love to do a mini pod sometime where we can talk about what we think should happen with the uh, the lottery. But it just yeah. there are, there have been a lot of things that have thro- been thrown out there. Yeah, and I think if you tie to the draft really quick too with the CBA, one thing they didn't do with this that uh, is something I've always I did want to see is the, a change with the player eligibility for the draft. Yeah. Um, that they basically what they've put in the CBA is, uh, and I think they did this with the last one too, if I'm correct on this, but essentially tabled that and and have given the room that they can change it at some point during this that can be amended and there can be a change made to it. So that is interesting, and you know whether they actually do that or not, who knows, but. Yeah, I, I I totally uh see your your argument for for some of the of that when it when it comes to the draft, but I, I'm still on the the side of if you're the tanking in in the Sixers are the true example of does tanking work or not and it's still to be seen, but I think the idea behind it is still valid. Uh I don't know if you want to really go down that path and you know that it's tough on a fan fandom to have to go through but if you think about it in the way of if they do go through tanking they get those guys and they are able to acquire a superstar this new cba now allows you to keep those guys like you may have gone through five years of shit like you said but if you end up with ben simmons and joel Embiid, and then you know you can offer them you your your team has the best chance with money you know they they're going to be able to earn the most money by staying with your team. You're going to have 10 years of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons maybe playing together. 
And I would take five years of bad if I got, you know, if you, you look at it even from the, look at the, to go with the Bulls reference, like, you, you were to tell me for some reason I could end up with a Pippen and Jordan type of combo, and I get a 10-year window with that, I would take five years of shitty basketball to get to but that. P- PJ, on the other hand, though, you're talking about a team that has a history of winning. You have six, seven championship banners hanging up in your arena. You have you None had guys like yeah, Jordan and Pippen. So, yeah, you waiting, you waiting for five years and seeing shit basketball, I don't think is as nearly as bad as same with if, the Sixers because they have a history well, of the, winning basketball. But look at the Timberwolves. Like, they yeah, never done jack say. shit. So if the Timberwolves all of a sudden went five years of shit basketball, which they've done and still haven't rebounded from it, it's a it's awful. That creates a bad. It's it's the culture is toxic within that market. If it's like not a like if your if your team you, is not built for something like that, like people watch the Bulls and know that eventually it's going to turn around because it's a huge market and they get players. Small markets like uh, Milwaukee and and Minnesota. Yeah, but those teams have drafted Utah well. And, yeah, but they have drafted well. But that's the only reason why they've been able to dig themselves out of it. And now you're saying that okay, it's great that, but the they had a tank. These guys, but they had, but they did that through tanking, and now they they're all. They didn't have to tank. They didn't have a choice. They had choice. You you have a choice. You could have signed middle tier free agents. You could, you look at the Bulls. I mean, to go back to the Bulls like thing, the Bulls could trade Jimmy Butler, gotten a bunch of assets gone into the tanking i would have been totally okay with that because you're that i think if if you think that gets you closer to winning a championship that's the way you go with this um i and i personally like you know if i, I would go through five years if i was knowing i could end up with you know projecting out their talent but wiggins and in, in towns or Embiid and, and simmons like those outlooks look better than what the the bulls are i mean just to take that specific example the the Bulls have a superstar in Butler. They could have flipped him, started that process. Um, the process. And if I were to take the take the pro, yeah, uh, I wish we had the process. But <laughs> well, if you look at that, if but if you look at that, like the the thing you're you're seeing is um, with this is it when if you go through that and you can get those guys, you're you're they're gonna stay with you. And I I think if you took the three those three teams we're talking about the Bulls. The T Wolves and the Sixers. I think the Sixers and the T Wolves are closer to winning a championship where they're positioned today than the Chicago Bulls are. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but we, my my, we my point behind this was that it's it's like you kind of it's a double edged sword because it's tanking. Yeah. Can is murky waters. Great. That's yes. murky waters. Tanking can lead to great results like the Sixers, but that organizations are like every fan, every Sixers fan had to go through five years of being the laughing stock of the NBA to get there. And now this change kind of encourages that. It's like, yes, everything that you just did for the last five years, Philadelphia, that was great. And every team should do that. But it's not good for the NBA to have teams be that bad for stretches of time like that. So that's why I'm not yeah. a huge fan of it. And I, that's, yeah, I can see for that. And you could take the Milwaukee thing you mentioned. I mean, Milwaukee takes Giannis 13th. They get Malcolm Brogdon this last year in the second round. I mean, you don't necessarily need to be in the draft lottery to 
still do well. Like you can kind of I be agree with that. middle tier. Like there's ways, but you you have to give yourself the best opportunity to draft a superstar in whatever method or whatever way that's possible. Um, and the tanking is a logical, like easy avenue to do with that, and might be the best for certain teams to do. Or there's you know you can there's there's yeah multiple ways you you can go about it. But I think if you go into that, maybe it does take five years. And I, I think if you come out of that, this this helps it it does it helps make the tanking process worthwhile once you hit on that superstar once if you can get to that point otherwise yeah you're in a weird you can be in a weird place with, with basketball how the league is set up right now for a long time yeah absolutely and i there's not really a good way to get out of that and you know if we had the the solution it we wouldn't be doing this podcast we'd be running we a team be, we'd be working right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up here, Pete, or at least we'll do our in and outs here as well. But I want to talk about all-star voting because in a few days here this week, they're going to announce the starters. Yep. It's been a really (laughs) – I I like what the NBA has done in making the fans 50%, but then also letting players – I think it's players and then coaches that provide the other 50%. Um, but there's some really weird stuff going on uh, this week. I, the best part about all this is Joel Embiid's uh, campaign. He's been which holding, trying to get God a spot on the All Star like, team. It is amazing. It's been so great. But like, did you expect anything else from this dude? Like, no. I was like, it's it's been better than it. It's been better than I expected. But I was fully wait, like expecting him to just do, just take his his. Twitter talents and just push this thing to like such an entertaining place that it's gone. And it is I awesome. Mean, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he has—he's gifted. If if he if he when he's eventually out of the league, he could easily run the social media accounts for a big company, and it would be nothing but nothing well, but good things. He is a little scary. Yeah, people have said it. People have said it though, like. A lot of what he does, though, but he is like the modern. He's the 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 Twitter. Like if if Twitter had been around when Shaq was a player, like I think Shaq would have been doing a lot of this kind of stuff too. Like he's got that same kind of personality, same sort of charisma, and it's fun. It's like it is one of like the best things. And this all the little stunts he's doing. He did the Triple H impersonation a couple nights ago um he tweeted at donald trump to try to get donald trump to retreat retweet him because on this how with the social media aspect of this is uh those now count as votes too if you use the hashtag and the player's name and players can vote for themselves since they have a piece of this so bradley beal decided was like the first guy i think i saw that put his own name out there a lot of guys do it for their teammates but uh yeah and retweets if you retweet a a tweet with that it counts as a vote too so it encourages a lot of this viral kind of aspects to it um and it's yeah it is fun it is but joel's has stand stood out the most from a player driven campaign now you could take to another side and look at a different campaign that's going on right now and that would be to get one Zaza into the All Star game, and that's not really done by 
a push by Zaza himself, but more the Warriors fans. Yeah, so I'm going to go on. This will just take a second. But all, all in all, like the results thus far for all-star voting, uh, there aren't a ton of red flags. The players that you expect to see on there and leading their respective conferences pretty consistent with what you think like James Harden and Steph Curry are leading for guards in the Western Conference with Russell Westbrook not far behind uh, and you look at the front court and it's Kevin Durant and Zaza Pachulia second Kawhi Leonard is trailing Zaza Pachulia by almost 200,000 votes uh, <laughs> and if you look at guards well, and- Andre Iguodala who's you listen yeah. to the last podcast is by no means having a great season has 130,000 votes. So I just want to quickly say that if you are a Golden State Warriors fan and you're voting for those two guys, you suck. Like, first of all, I don't I'm not going to go into the what? bandwagon. I'm not going to go into the bandwagon Warriors fandom that has hit the entire country at this point. But come on. 800 how many votes? 823,000 votes for Zaza Pachulia is playing like 23 minutes a night and not even averaging 14 points and rebounds combined. It's just embarrassing. Like, this is so stupid. Dude, the rest of the Royals did. Royals fans pulled that off, too, in baseball. They like, tried to get their whole starting line. Hey, man, I, I don't have a problem with it. If, you're, if you've got a fan of that's in on that and, yeah, you have the Warriors that big of a brand... Hell, if, if, if anything, that should be you should be calling out all the, the 29 other teams' fans for not voting more for their guys. Like, Spurs Nation, where are you at? Like, le- leaving Kawhi. Like, that's a challenge that Zaza is outperforming Kawhi votes. Like, I think that's fair. I think that's what I'd be like, I think it's hilarious. I think it's like, whatever. It's As long as you have the fan aspect in there, you're going to have this kind of stuff. And if you're as a fandom are trying to get your entire starting five as the starting five for the all-star team like fuck it whatever do it like that's hilarious it is i funny. mean you look at some of the other ones like i mean jeremy lynn has a hundred thousand hundred nine thousand votes avery yeah, badly at 60 that's like because of, that's because of his ethnicity dude like oh. i don't know i He's i'm good. not i am i yes i think that that is why he is in the top ten. You think he's getting a lot of China votes? Well, he's barely think... played. I know that's, he has. That's what like, I'm saying. I like, I like Jeremy Lin. I'm not hating on that guy whatsoever. I think I it's just... all. I think it's. I think it has more to do in playing in Brooklyn again. He's back in like a big. He's in a big market again. That helps. Maybe. I, mean, I guess loves. I would. I guess I would just expect Brook Lopez to be in the top ten as well if that was the case because he's been. That's really what I mean, though. Season. Well, no, that's a good. No, it's a good point. But I'm saying like. I can't get on the the Warriors specifically. Harp on those fans when you look at some of these other. Like, as a fan of a team, are you supposed to be in a position to be told your your best players aren't good enough to be All Star? No, I want to see my favorite players in the All Star. I mean, like, yeah, but your best players versus Zaza Pachulia is two different things, man. That's my point. Yo, I mean, look at the like Dwayne Wade's got five hundred thousand. Like, Dwayne Wade's not having an All Star year. Dwayne Wade's an OG when it, of basketball, though. He's going to be in there. Yeah, but D-Wade, um, but D-Wade's a proven superstar that is having a good year. I mean, he's been, by all yeah. accounts, a solid player for the Bulls. Zaza hasn't. Nothing easy. He's like a Nothing role easy. player. I guess so. I don't want to talk about this anymore. But anyway, we'll, we'll definitely touch well, on the all-star voting once everything's released. I've got one more. Officially. I've got one more piece to say. Like Of all the guys right now, when you, you look at the list – 
Like, I already talked about Joel. I want to see Joel in this All-Star game. I want Joel in this All-Star game. But the yes. two dudes that, like, the last probably three weeks have just made a push where, like, they deserve it, I think, more than almost anyone is Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Who has just been putting on a show. Isaiah Thomas has been fucking shit up. It's been amazing. I really think he should start. I think he deserves to start. Yeah, that's, yeah. I totally, like, yeah, I think so too. Like, he's been crazy. It has been awesome. He's been just tearing it up. Like, every night he's been doing something different. The last, like, he's had a great stretch here where it's just a hell of a campaign push by him like to to get in this thing and then i mean Giannis is at least for the last month at this point the month has just been insane uh his dunk the other night uh should have just given him a a starting spot right then and there like this has been incredible the the heat right yeah oh my god it was the greatest it was so insane youtube that if you haven't seen it yet he had like another. He had two. He had like two or three from that game. But he's doing so much. Like this has been the year of Giannis just blowing up. Like his spot is just no one. He's now going to be a household name, I think, in the NBA. Like people are taking note of him. Like not like casual fans are now noticing all the crazy stuff that Giannis is doing. Um, so it's gonna be fun to have him in there. I know he's for sure going to make it this year. At this point, I'm. Otherwise, you're going to have an entire episode of just me yelling at people. Um, I want Giannis to be able to start, though. <laughs> uh, but the Isaiah Thomas will. thing, the Isaiah Thomas part, though, is like make a little bit more of a push out there, people. Um, the Isaiah Thomas has been killing it the last couple weeks. It's like really just selling and pushing that he should be in this, uh, this game. But <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, it's really interesting to then see. So of this though, if if guys fall out of this starting these starting spots, then uh, it goes to the coaches. I think pick the remainders of them. So a lot of those guys are going to make it. But it's interesting to see some of these first time guys, some of these some of the spots that are going to be taken in this these top five. And we'll know. Yeah, next time next time we probably do a pod, we'll have. Those starters announced, and then the reserves get announced on the twenty sixth. So, yeah, I think we'll definitely touch on that in our next pod and talk about it quite a bit, especially if uh, anything crazy comes out of those starting lineups. But let's move into our in and outs here, Peach. Um, why don't you start? All right. So I was doing my out first. It's gonna be very quick, but I'm out on NFL betting on NFL games. No, just football games. It's been taking a real bad hit this week, <clears throat> last week Not or great. so. Playoff games, the national championship. Um, I'm beaten. I'm broken. I uh, we have a we picked Green Bay today. If this one goes south, man, I'm gonna just curl up into a ball and be a human waste of a of organs and everything. I'm I'm a broken. I'm a broken man. Well, it's uh, <clears throat> the the Bama bet really did not did not pan out for us, and then yesterday. Uh, teased the uh, pass and Seahawks, and the Seahawks really let us down, which was not uh, not yeah, ideal. I hate, I hate the Seahawks. I, yeah, I, I was. I, I was just can't believe grumpy. they got blown out. I can't believe they yeah. got blown out like that. I just wasn't expecting it. Earl Thomas is a big piece for them, but I wasn't expecting him to to kill them. Earl Thomas. Badly. Earl Thomas should ask for a blank check, and they should sign to get 
so he doesn't retire. But so He's yeah, not, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it too much more because I'm just going to be sad again. And I was a big waste of space yesterday, and just being a sad sob over stupid sports betting. But my in, and as retribution for f the NFL and their inability to have a underdog do anything in these playoffs is. You know the NFL, and, and so this year is storyline. If you are a football fan, you've heard anything about, you know, there's the, the ratings crisis that kind of went down. And, you know, football isn't necessarily having their best year out there publicly. You know, they haven't had it for a few years, but this yeah. year they've been, it's there's been, been some, some concern. There's been some concerning points, and I'd say, you know, football has had a few weak spots. And you know football isn't doing so well. Uh, when you've got NHL teams who are empowered enough to take some shots at the NFL, like that's when you know the, N- the NFL isn't doing so good when NHL Twitter accounts are putting your league and calling you out, and it's hilarious. So I just want to read the few examples of things that occurred this week. So um, if you've been living under a rock, the uh, San Diego Chargers are no more. They officially they moved in the middle of the night. Basically, they decided to. They're now going to be moving to LA, uh, and they came out with their logo that essentially looked like I described it as a L, as the LA Dodgers logo with a sperm tail on it. But um, a so very people this, jagged sperm tail. Yeah, yeah, like a really like kind of schizo one, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, um, so people were just like, yeah, cutting this thing up and just making fun of it. It was a, a hell of a day. Jan- I think it was January 12th, to be exact. We'll go down as one of the best days of just team accounts for the NHL. So, and it started out with Tampa Bay Lighting tweeting out, and they do a thing. It just says, check mentions, squints, clears throats. They, they release a statement to say, for the record, us and the Dodgers are just friends because a lot of people were saying that it looked like uh, the offspring of uh, the Tampa Bay Lightnings and the LA dot the Tampa Bay Lightning and LA Dodgers logos had a baby, and, and that was a very the very good description. LA Char- and it was the LA Chargers new logo. So then you take that, then the Dallas Stars get in on the fun, and they tweeted out a picture of uh, essentially the not essentially they tweeted out the Cowboys logo the Cowboys star but it was a, it, they changed it to be green and white instead of the navy blue and white and tweeted it at the Cowboys and just said uh, new logo hope this is cool Dallas Cowboys which was pretty funny uh, and then uh, even the SMU did something they took their logo of the pony and added a little lightning bolt to the end of it. Asked if we're doing this right, but the final LA or the final tweet from the NHL team side of it was LA Kings. They played the St. Louis Blues and they were up 2-0 in the game and tweeted out, "Los Angeles now leads St. Louis 2-0, both in this game and in professional football teams." <laughs> <laughs> So, shout out to NHL. I give the NHL a lot of shit for being a really lame league and not, like, being, acting or performing and doing anything to, to show that they're in the 20, you know, first century. Like, yeah, not exactly the most they, progressive league in the world. No, no, they operate like they're in 2004 or something. You know what I mean? So, 
uh, they're just like getting off their off MySpace and moving to stuff. You know, I mean, like they're just like don't do anything very creative or fun. So that was just kind of cool, and it just was funny because I like to crap on the NFL a lot, and uh, so I like to see that these NHL teams were taking shots at them. So all in on that, uh, it was a fantastic day. So my out is very much so <clears throat> related to that. I'm just out on the I was originally was just out on the Chargers logo. I'm out on the entire Chargers public relations graphic design team. Like that, that what a botched move. I mean that is it's a huge move for that franchise and you come up with just the worst logo. Just the worst logo. And announcing it on Twitter, and I saw this notification. I used the Bleacher Report. Shout out to Bleacher Report in the app because I use that thing so much. And I see that, you know, charges release on Twitter, you know, this notification, and I'm just instantly like, oh, I cannot wait to see people's reaction. This is before I even saw what it was. Um, but it's always interesting because people tend to either drastically one way or another love or hate whatever yeah. comes out when it comes to things like that. And man it was terrible and i think that it was a good move going back to the the powder blue and the but they know like now they backtrack they're like oh they don't like this i'm going to change it like did they not do market research to see what people thought would in the first place when they came out with this logo idea i mean it was just i cannot even wrap my mind around how like if you were to write a book on how to not release a new image for your team this is the way to do it and it was a complete it was hilarious, though. I mean, it was great for me because I don't give a shit about the Chargers. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, not the best way, but it also, I think, clearly showed that they hadn't really planned for this contingency as much as they thought. Yeah. And it was kind of just like the last hour they thought they could somehow stay in San Diego and they couldn't. They didn't even let the Rams know they were coming. Rams found out on the internet as well. And. Like just like showing up at your buddy's doorstep, be like, "Hey, hey, I'm just gonna crash on your couch for a few, uh, few months here, few, you know, few years. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna help yeah, much else, but, for the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah, no, I think they about. need. Uh, do you think we could uh, the point four can help them out? Because we have a pretty bomb logo. You think Lindsay can? Oh, I. Lindsay, uh, I could definitely talk to her about doing that. I think that I think she Lindsay could. should help. I think the Chargers need Lindsay's help. As long as it's a logo that's showing one person kicking another person in the nuts, we could definitely make that happen. I'm yeah, sure. why don't we just do, like, the Chargers kicking the San Diego, like, or just L.A. kicking San Diego in the nuts or something like that. You could do that. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. a nut shot I'll, I'll, for San Diego we'll, Charger uh, fans. More to come on that. Just TBD, but that's a great we got idea, our best people on it. we got our best people on it. What's your in, man? My in is uh so i went to see rogue one for a second time yesterday and um dope the first time that uh the first time that i went it was in a normal movie theater and then this last time that i went yesterday uh it was reserved seating the seats like had power reclining yeah yeah they like delivered stuff to your seat i've never had something like that and Uh-oh. I, it was it was incredible. Like it's I don't think 
it wasn't really that much more expensive than a normal theater and i'm just all in on it it was great i will say though like i wouldn't recommend having stuff brought to your seat like it's worth just getting it at the stands because they forget to bring you stuff they like don't bring you napkins or like uh straws to put in your soda and then in my case they spilled butter all over the bag and then all over me so i don't recommend doing that but reserved seating very nice definitely locked dude i love it I uh, I went to move. I saw La La Land last night. I did the same situation. No, I've been on. And I, I, I've done this. I've been had that movie experience a few times now. Um, I hate the other way now. I get so much anxiety when I went. I went to see Star Wars. It was just like open seating kind of situation. I had like a ton of anxiety because I'm just a stupid having to have a small brain like that. But to like. Yeah, know you've locked in your seat, like know exactly where you're sitting beforehand. Just that part of it. I don't care what the seat does, even though it's that part is amazing. Uh, I just like the idea of like knowing exactly where my seats are, knowing they're like reserved to me. That's just such a relief on me. But I have a question for you, and this is something I've always, when I've done those recliner nice seats, do you feel weird like putting your shoes up? On? I kind of feel like I'm like, I don't know, like when I sit in them, it's like uncomfortable for a little bit for me because i'm not sure how like comfy i can really get in that because you're not in your living room like you're in a public space yeah but, like, so i your seats may have been a slightly different situation than mine because mine were like this is the only time i've done it and my feet were like off the end of it so i didn't yeah. I, my mine were on it mine were two but then it's like it's uncomfortable mine were like an uncomfortable length off so i kind of like cr- like Tucked, tucked in a little bit and I was just like okay. waiting for like one of my parents to come and be like take your shoes off that like cow you know leather <laughs> thing. you know what I mean yeah. like I think it's probably fine I, I think, think so too but I kind of just feel bad I feel like it's like too nice to be doing that but also I'm not gonna take my you know kick my feet off that'd be uh, kick my shoes off I think I'd be uh getting a little too at home yeah don't do, like, uh, don't, nah, do don't do that don't do that um so did you, did your theater you go to have a bar? Did you yeah. and stuff? Yeah, I did, did you get a beer? I didn't just because I wasn't Ooh. really interested in having a beer and soda and popcorn and candy. That's a lot. That's a lot going I was on. Like this is just gonna I'm gonna not feel good if I do all this. So I stayed away from beer, but I think next time um, if I wasn't having as much food, I would definitely think about it. But let's we're, we're running long, PJ. We should wrap up here. But uh, the only really NF or the only real sorry, all the NFL talk has got me switched up. The only real NBA game we're talking about this coming week is Warriors versus Thunder Part Two, which is on Wednesday. Nope. Very excited to watch that. Um, but other than that, uh, nothing huge going on this week besides All Star starters being early. Announced. Quick project. Do you think? Durant gets booed or no? Well, I don't think like, he does. This one's, this one's in. Uh, it's at Oracle again. Oh, what? I'm pretty sure that it's. Yeah, I've got what it the up. Fu- yeah, it's it's in Golden State. Oh. They played two no, at no. Oracle? Yeah, and then they go to OKC later. But Damn. So to answer your question, no, I do not think he's going to get booed. <laughs> but uh, it's all good. I think, but when he goes to OKC, I think that he will get booed. All right. Well, we'll keep on tabs on that. I I don't I don't know. We'll we'll discuss that when that game actually happens. We'll Damn, I thought this more, was. That's lame. It's all good, but uh, please check out our website. 
thepointforwardnba.com. Check us out on Twitter at thepointforward or PJMRI Twitter handles at foolishkilo or at ultrajacobs. Our Facebook page, uh, The Point Forward. Just search for that on Facebook and listen to us on Stitcher and iTunes. Please leave us a review if you like what we're doing. But uh, great talking to you, Peach. I'm excited to do another one of these next week, man. Yeah, man. Have a good week. Love you. Love everyone. Much love. Talk to you guys soon.